What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to this new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and this is our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi guys, hope everything's doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of European Hoops podcast. So André, let us know, man, what do we have for today? You know it, Yoke. Today we are here to talk about the EuroLeague and to bring our recap of the round five of the EuroLeague, the day one of the, the round five. And we want to start this special episode for us because it's our 100th episode by thanking our listeners that have been following us. And you are a growing bunch and a growing group. We really appreciate you all. And uh, you guys keep us doing the, this episode that uh, we truly enjoy to do it. So thank you, everybody that uh, follow us. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and to follow us on Twitter, Tito's Early, so you guys don't miss out on our new episodes that will continue to come on the, this mold during this season. We are trying to bring our recaps on the Monday and Tuesday and then our previews of the, the next round on Wednesdays. And uh, when we have double headers, the schedule changes slightly. We bring everything one day uh, ahead, so you guys can uh, can be up to date with all the action of the, the EuroLeague. I guess we can start this episode before we get into the news of the, the day one and the, the recaps of the day one. Duke, we know that uh, Gianmarco Pozzeco joined the EuroLeague and uh, what do you expect to see from him uh, ahead of Asvel? And uh, I think we saw some of that on the, the their last game that we will get to yeah, it. For sure, yeah. for sure. And uh, <laughs> I, I really love the bit that uh, he is in the timeout and he says we need to get the, the ball to Mike Scott, the best shooter I have ever seen. And yeah. it just shows <laughs> such a motivator that he is. Yeah, I mean, might have been a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it shows it shows his confidence on, in his players and how much he wants them to succeed and, and motivate them. Uh, I think one thing that was kind of lacking for Oswell was energy and, and just motivation overall. And I think obviously he brings that. We we know he's one of the most energetic coaches around. Like him on the sidelines is something that everybody should turn into <laughs> because it's always fun and and. He has his team, like what we saw with him on the Italian national team, they play good basketball and their energy gets through through the court and the players feel that. So I think they're going to give all they have for him because he's a, he's a player's coach and, and I love it. I love that we have him on EuroLeague now. Yeah, besides loving that he's on EuroLeague and he belongs there, in my opinion, he brings exactly that energy and it, that's what... Asvel needed. They needed to snap out. They they have one of the biggest losing rounds, uh, l- losing streaks that comes already from the the last season and heading into this one. I think they lost seventeen games in a row now, and uh, they really needed to snap out of it. They have talent. Uh, their roster might not be up there with some other teams in the Euro League, but uh, we know that Euro League is a is a league of competition where all the teams are able to compete, and uh, for them it come comes out, comes down to have that energy and to be able to perform uh, game after game. And I think that he will be able to implement that with the Asphalt team. 
and good things should be ahead for, for us. So, and we will be tracking it and enjoying it. But let's get to our mini bite-sized episodes recapping the action of round five. And we start with the day one. It was a day of classics, Partizan against Red Star and Real Madrid against Barcelona were two big games of the of this round. We start in Serbia and with the game between Partizan and Red Star, it was an 88-86 to 86 win. Diogo, what were the keys of this extremely important win for Partizan? Well, this was first of all, uh, basketball is a game of runs, and, and Partizan showed that because they they started the game very strong, uh, dominating in the first quarter, and then Red Star came from behind and got the lead back, and they even had double digit lead. Uh, but then Partizan didn't quit, and, and that lineup that they played to to finish the game with uh, Avramovic and Yaramas uh, playing at the guard spots, uh, I think that gave Partizan a, a huge boost, and, and it was very good to see. Yaramas getting more playing time and he justified it because he, he gave them some help that they truly needed. But uh, I think the key here is Avramovic once again. I mean, he keeps stepping up for this partisan team. He, he led them to an insane fourth quarter performance. So I think Red Star played amazing in the second and third quarters, but that fourth quarter, they, they gave up 35 points and it was all led by Avramovic. I mean, he has been undisputedly the, the best player for partisan. To, to start the season, and this was a, a great run. The, the crowd was energetic. The, the game was energetic itself, and, and it was it was awesome. Like matchups like this is why the Euro League is so exciting. It's because of these classic games, these rivalries. So th- this is great for the for the league, and it was a great game. And once again, to see Alexa play at that level, uh, if he keeps this up, I mean, he, he has an argument to be the best player on Partizan's team if he keeps playing like this. But I truly believe that the rest of the guys. They, they really need to step up because if they want to be a contender, uh, and I love Avramovic, but he can't be the best player on the team if you're trying to be a EuroLeague contender. Um, but he's doing a, a great job, for sure. Um, as far as Red Star, again, they, they got to be more consistent throughout the 40 minutes. It can't just be one quarter, two quarters, because every other team has talent and every other team is able to compete. So they need to be consistent throughout the 40 minutes. Uh, obviously a new coach, some things are going to change and they might need some time. But uh, we know that time is something that you don't really have much in, in this format. So they, they really need to get their stuff together and, and start being consistent throughout the 40 minutes so so that they collect they can collect some wins. You, you are just on point about the consistency and the, the fact that uh, Avramovic is being incredible, but probably Partizan uh, would want some other, some of their other players to step up and take that role of the, the best player. And judging by what Avramovic said himself in the end of the game, I think he has he's such an easy player to cheer for because he he's humble, but he's an extremely hard worker, and he just does it, and he just performs, and he just brings the energy, and he he has been one of the my favorite players to watch on the the Sierra League. And that comes from the World Cup and that comes just from the way that he plays basketball. And I really appreciate that on him. But um, we saw Kevin Panther having seven turnovers on this game and ending the game with eight points. And in the end of the game, uh, Obradovic, he mentioned that uh, some of the players really want to contribute, but uh, they are not there physically at the moment and they are not able to do it. I do wonder if that's regarding Kevin Panther, Dozier, uh, Kaminsky. Uh, for one side, it puts Partizan like uh, having a harder time right now, but uh, it really 
are indicators that this partisan team has more to give and will be able to to improve and perform at a higher level as the season goes. And I'm really expecting them to do that and to, to start growing into their roles and into what they can be doing. But uh, this was a game where Avramovic was the game changer in a, a game of runs, of runs. And in the end, I think um, the team that wanted the most or that fought uh, the most ended up getting the win. We see that on the second chance points, for example, where Partizan had 17 against 7. And I guess Avramovic is the personification of that, of uh, someone that uh, wanted more than everyone else. And that uh, was worth the Partizan, the, this very, very important victory. They certainly didn't want it uh, to come out of this game with a loss. We know how the, these classics go. But uh, in terms of standings and to not lose track of the, the top teams, this was a very important win for them. And Partizan comes out of this game with the 88-86 victory. Let's move to Germany now. And let's talk about the game between Alba and Milano. And I guess we kind of knew that uh, a win like this from Alba was coming, but Milano really didn't, uh, wasn't able to impose themselves and allow Alba to to play as they like to play at a high pace and uh, and to conquer this uh, 85-82 win, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we knew a win was due because they, they are so competitive and they have all that young talent and that, exci- that exciting play style that they were going to win some games. Like, it, it was a matter of time. But uh, Milan was leading most of the way. Uh, but then you had Sterling Brown with, a, with an incredible all-around performance. And you have Johan Steeman being, once again, reliable like he's been all season. Uh, he's, been play- he's been playing at an extremely high level for, for Alba. When you have guys like Vetzel and, and Kumaje missing and that front court... Uh, is kind of limited. He, he's been stepping up and, and being very consistent for this team. So it's it's been very good to see. Um, but then for Milano, I mean, we kind of knew this already, but they are so limited offensively outside of Mirotic and Siobhan Shields. And I think that was so clear because both guys ha- had insane scoring performances and, and then nobody else scored in double digits. And the best scorer of the rest was Modolo, who was in his first game back from injury. And he had seven points. So, obviously, you're not going to win many games when you only have two guys scoring in double digits, even though they both score like 30 points. So, But but they need more. They, they just need more offensively. They need more contributions. And they need more guys stepping up and playing their role. Because if they're just going to be this dependent on, on two players, it's going to be very tough. Even though, of course, they are great players. But it's going to be tough to win games like this. Diog, we don't do much uh, self-praise around here because I, I think both of us are the type of people that like to keep our heads down, work hard and just try to provide good content and good breakdowns. And uh, we have been getting very good feedback about that. And that's what we plan to continue to do. But on this game, allow yeah. me to, to praise you a little bit here because you just <laughs> called it all of the things that happened on this game. You said that Tiaman will be an extremely important uh, player for this game. And he was with uh, 22 yeah. points and six rebounds. Uh, I have said that I didn't call this one, but uh, this was a very good game from Sterling Brown. And uh, we had said that we needed him to step up for this team to be able to perform in a more consistent way. And this is what he is able to do. And we want to see more of this because I do think that Sterling Brown can be a very important player for uh, for Alba, but uh, a very high-level player in the EuroLeague as well. I think he has the skill set and the ability to do it. And on the Milano side... 
uh, I remember you saying on our early episodes that uh, Shevon Shields and Nikola Mirotic could, would be on the run to the best duel of the EuroLeague. And this game with 55 points just shows that and the ability that they have. Mirotic is playing absolutely incredible. With uh, th- uh, In this game, he had 30 points, 12 rebounds and two assists. He's just playing at a very, very high level. He's playing at an MVP level. And now it comes down to Milano to be able to perform as a team to to be the contender that they can be around the, this MVP level Mirotic. And I think that's what they are lacking. They need uh, more consistent play across the board from all their players. We know how strong their front court is. We know that their back court can be uh, somewhat inconsistent. Law gave them good minutes despite becoming out from injury on this game. But uh, I don't know if they are lacking one more player on that backcourt or if they are just... Um, needing for all the pieces to, to perform a little bit better. Uh, but uh, I like this Milan team. I think that uh, they have the experience, they have the personnel to be very competitive and to compete with anyone. And uh, this uh, MVP level Mirotic uh, and uh, this healthy Shevon Shield have been an absolute pleasure to, to watch, despite it not being quite enough on uh, this game against Alba. Let's get into another classic, shall we? <laughs> we have sure. Real Madrid against Barcelona, and we expected this to be a highly competitive game, a very good one. Did we also expect it to this be a Real Madrid win 65 to 64 in such a low scoring game? Yeah, I was definitely not expecting this. I mean, this is probably the two best shooting teams in the competition, and they combined for 7 of 42 from three. And, uh, who would have thought that Real Madrid scoring just two threes in the game and they would still get the win? I mean, this just shows how good that team really is because they, they found a way, even though it wasn't looking likely in the first half. They, they came out of the halftime motivated to, to turn the game around and they did it for sure. I love Barcelona's uh, execution early on. I think they did a very good job guarding the three, even though Real shot more than 20 threes. They were all mostly contested shots, so I think Barcelona did a very good job there. And, and then Willy Hernan Gomez, uh, he did a very good job also not allowing Real Madrid's front court to, to be dominant, and he started the game pretty nicely. Uh, but then, obviously, uh, Real came back, they, they got the lead back. Uh, Barcelona showed some fight in the fourth quarter, but uh, I think without La Provitula, it, it was going to be very hard for them to, to have enough firepower offensively to, to offset Real Madrid. And they wasn't able to get the comeback. So a great win for Real Madrid, obviously, in a classic like this. Every win, I'm not going to say it, it counts as two wins, but it's almost like that because you don't not only get the win, but the motivation factor and just being happy that you beat a rival. I think that's very important here. So it's a great win for Real Madrid and they are now the only undefeated team in the competition. So great job by them. They're, they just have such an elite roster. I mean, there's not there's not much you can do, honestly. Yeah, the Real Madrid is a, a powerhouse. And even uh, they were also missing some very important players on this matchup, like Yabusela. But uh, for Barcelona, Lapro not being available. And uh, we had we spoke in the last episode of the level that he's playing and almost uh, MVP level that uh, he's playing at during this uh, edition of the EuroLeague. And he certainly is very important for their offensive output. I... They certainly would like if they could get some uh, more offense from a guy like uh, Jabari Parker. His body language in the bench uh, wasn't the best at times, but uh, it's an adaptation period and it's very early to to be looking too much into those things. I wonder if he will be able to give them more and they certainly can use a good scorer off the bench. And I think that he 
has enough in him to be that player. And in certain matchups, he will be that player. But in these high-level games are the ones that uh, they will need him to, to step up and to perform at that level. But it was a very, very competitive game. Uh, Satoransky certainly would have wanted to, to have made those free throws late, late in the game. But uh, this was a, a great matchup between two great teams. And uh, in the end, uh, Real Madrid conquers this important victory. For me, this uh, low-scoring game, and uh, without Lapro and with uh, Willi Tavares playing for Real Madrid, I knew that uh, Real Madrid would be able to, to give problems to, to Barcelona offensively, and especially when they are not making their three-pointers that they usually may make. It will be a hard game offensively for Barcelona. But I really admire the way that uh, Barcelona is playing defense and uh, being able to to raise their floor by by their defensive output. But at the same time, they their ability to punch back and to come back to games and to to show that fighting spirit that liked them uh, liked from them last season, it uh, for me will be a key for this Barcelona team to be one of the best of this edition of the Euroleague. And I think that just show them against our clear number one contender on this game in a game that they could have won themselves. Yeah, Very good game, sure. and uh, this just imp- personifies how good Euroleague is and the level that, uh, of the, the Euroleague when we can have these uh, great rosters going at each other in very entertaining games, even if this one was a low-scoring one. Let's head to Greece. And, um, well, I guess it's safe to say that Ephes might be in trouble again in the way that they are starting this season. We know how the powerhouse that Olympiacos can be defensively, but 57 points really looks like a a low mark for a team as talented as Ephes. Why did that happen on this game? Well, I mean, Olympiacos put up a, a defensive clinic and I think that's got to be the way for them to, to win games against these playoff-level teams and these contender-level teams because we know Olympiacos is kind of limited offensively, especially with the injuries that they're having as well. So for them to win these type of games, it's got to be defensively. And they did that this game. Like, Ephes didn't stand a chance I mean, only one player scored in double digits, and it was Elijah Bryant. It wasn't even Shane Larkin or Will Claiborne. Uh, and those guys have been pretty disappointing uh, to start the season. I mean, last week they, they kind of played up to their standards, but it still wasn't amazing. And, and now they're just falling back again because um, it's been pretty disappointing, man, honestly. I, I thought this team uh, was going to fit very well together and... I didn't have them as like a top tier team, but I had them as a pretty good one and they're being very disappointing. So I, I honestly expected better. Um, Olympiacos, they did their job. I mean, they played great defense. They were consistent on offense, but uh, Efes, I mean, 57 points, regardless of how good uh, Olympiacos defense can be, you just got to do better than that. And, and you have the talent for it. You just have to do it. And they haven't been able to. So, I mean, it, it's looking rough for FS. They might be in for a long season, man. Uh, last year was disappointing, but uh, it looks like this year they're trying to beat that doing by, by doing even worse. So mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going to take them, but it, it hasn't looked great at all. It it looks bad for FS, and I will get to that in just a um, moment. Nigel Willem goes with 14 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists with uh, 3 steals as well. He was very important for, for this Olympiacos team and uh, for this win. They need these offensive uh, inputs from players, and 
I think that a player like Shaquille McKinsky will be very important for them to have yeah. that, that Spurs during the games. And um, they will be better on that end of the court as well. They have that ability. I still think that they are missing that uh, go-to guy that we spoke uh, early on on this season that will elevate them to that uh, top two, top three, top four of the EuroLeague. But uh, they are a very good team. And this uh, the defensive clinic that uh, just had, as you, as you named it on uh, this game, just shows the, the very high floor that they have. And that's the way that uh, they are able to control games and to be extremely competitive. But um, the, this good offensive input that uh, they have the last game or the, in the last rounds was from one game from Laranzakis this time around. Nigel William goes. They have players that are able to do it. They just need to find those players. And that's where Olympiacos strive for efforts. It comes down to shot selection, shot selection and decision making. It's it's very very poor right now. They end this game shooting forty five percent from two and twenty five percent from three. They are just not making their lives any easier, and uh, they need to to figure out their offensive, their dynamics. They, f- for example, Will Clyburn on this game, he had a good effort. He ended the game with nine rebounds. These players, it's not that they are disengaged; they are just not being placed on the on the best positions for them to thrive and for them to, to be as dominant as they can be. Um, maybe um, it's early uh, since they changed coaches and they are looking for their routines and they are looking to, to adapt and we will see a better FS moving forward. But the indications so far have been really bad from FS and I do think that uh, if this continue, they will be in for for a very, very rough season I, I, again. But I think that they have the talent. It's just about being able to, to find the ways to, to make that talent uh, perform at uh, the level that uh, they can perform and uh, put players in positions to succeed. And I think that's where they are lacking right now early on into this uh, EuroLeague season. Yeah, for 107, sure. 79. It's the next game we will talk. Heading <laughs> into this game... Um, I didn't expect it to see such a blowout, even if uh, Monaco playing at home and uh, with Mike James playing at the insane level that he is playing right now, uh, they would be favorites to win this game. But uh, this was a hell of a win, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, I mean, this was a a playoffs rematch because these teams faced each other last season and... uh, I also didn't expect a blowout like this. Uh, I expected Monaco to win uh, I expect, because they have been playing much better. And Mike James, man, <laughs> my my goodness, like it's crazy. He he's on a different level this season. Like I don't think anybody in Europe is coming close to him. Miritich might be the only guy with an argument this season, but uh, Mike James, he just had such an elite all-around performance. Uh, so has Monaco, like. They did a great job controlling Lorenzo Brown and, and didn't, not allowing him to to lead the way from Maccabi and to have the impact that he usually does. They So they did a very good job there. And, and then offensively, they shot the ball very efficiently and Mike was making it easy for everybody. And when you have a player like that with, with such good complementary pieces like they do, it, it just becomes easy. And, and Maccabi didn't stand a chance. Like from the start, Monaco was dominant and that's what we we were asking from them. From the start, uh, th- we know they're capable of doing this. Kemba is starting to get into rhythm. He, he had a good game too. So uh, I'm very excited about this Monaco team going forward because uh, I think they're going to make us forget about those first two games pretty pretty quickly. We were both very high on them. We had them in second in our poor rankings. And I think they are starting to show why. 
and Jordan Lloyd is still missing. And we know how big of a boost that is for a team like this. So I am very excited about the season that Monaco has ahead. And one of the things that uh, makes me excited is the having players like Mike James and then Kemba Walker. And that was my biggest note for this uh, for this game. I had it underlined twice. Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker is getting comfortable and uh, that will be a problem at some point during this season because <laughs> the ability that he has, even if in a reduced role, to just come and be a difference maker, it, uh, it really makes this Monaco team like... Um, a very hard one to, to play against. We know how deep they are in all the positions across the across the, the five positions. But um, for me, uh, and you were mentioning Mike James versus Mirotic as the two best players. And in an MVP race and from a statistical standpoint, yes, I agree with you. The difference is guards really can impact the game. Being a go-to guy that uh, can control the game and have the ball in their hands, it, um, it for me really gives Mike James the edge. And even with a team like Real Madrid that is so good and Real Madrid can control a game against uh, against Monaco. But in a close game, having Mike James and Kimball Walker late in the game, that might be a problem for, for all the teams in the Euro League. And <laughs> Mike James might be having his best season ever. And that's saying a lot for a guy that has been MVP contender many times during his stints with, in the Euro League. And uh, it's, it has been... They snap out of their start and they are performing at a very good level and this game and this dominant win against Maccabi uh, was just a show of that is exactly that I I won't be judging too much what Maccabi is doing we know how sad and complicated is everything that is going on off the court for them so I'm sure there is a lot of that going into this they are all professionals they are playing they we hear that they will be playing their home games in Serbia now, moving forward and continuing to to have their games in the league being played in Belgrade. But um, th- there are other factors that go into it right now with Maccabi. We just wish them all the, the best. And I don't think there is too much point of uh, going into it too much in a game that uh, they they lost by, by so many points and where there is so many factors going into it. But uh, for Monaco, it really it's the level of play of Mike James, seeing Kemba getting more comfortable and uh, seeing this all of these pieces and all this stuff coming into, into play. And the season will be a very good one for, for Monaco. I cannot wait to see how they will look like with uh, Jordan Lloyd as well in the mix. But uh, this Monaco team is a real contender and a very strong contender. This takes us to the end of the, this episode, recapping the round five, day one. And tomorrow, tune in for our round five, day two recaps with all the four games that took place. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.